Morning, friends. It is nine-ish on Friday morning, and you know what that means. It's time for uh, a devotion, a little time in God's Word. And today we're going to look at uh, certainly one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 32. Psalm 32, a masculine of David, a psalm of King David. Uh, this psalm is... I think one of the more comforting psalms, especially if you see yourself and know yourself to be a flawed human being, an imperfect person. Uh, without going any further, I don't want to, um, you know, fill this up with too much introduction. Good morning to you all. Um, let's go ahead and start reading Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. Blessed is the man against the, whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Indeed, uh, this is a great blessing to know that your transgression is forgiven, that your sin is covered, and that the Lord counts none of your iniquity against you. None, not a single one of your iniquities your injustices, that's what the word means, does he hold against you? And why is that? Because of what his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, has accomplished for us in his life, death, and resurrection. Now, it's interesting here, um, it, it, at the end he says, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now, that's, that's a, kind of a strange way of phrasing it. On the one hand, it seems like there at least was some deceit because there was sin to be forgiven, there was transgression that needed to be dealt with, there was, there was iniquity. And at the end, though, he says, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Well, what is that alluding to? Well, that's alluding to the reality that the forgiveness of sins comes connected to the confession and recognition of sin. I can't help but think of First John uh, chapter 1, who uses similar language. I'm actually pretty convinced First John 1, verses 8 and 9 are using this very psalm uh, as he's writing this. He has this in mind. He says this, to believers, by the way, in verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So taking what John says here, combining that with the psalm that we have this morning, my belief is that when David says, uh, and in whose spirit there is no deceit, he means, and in whose spirit is somebody who knows their need for forgiveness, knows that they have transgressed, that they have sinned, and that they have committed iniquities. We are like the tax collector in the famous story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. We don't come pleading our case based on our own righteousness. We come pleading mercy based on Christ's righteousness. And so, so we come honestly confessing our sin. Now, what happens to us if we don't? What happens to us if we actually try to pretend like we don't have struggles and we don't have shortcomings? Well, David goes on in verse 3 of the psalm to say, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. There's a fascinating study that came out a little while back. I could get the reference for you at some point. I don't have it off the top of my head, but uh, it, research was done by one of the, uh, 
one of a big research university. And uh, what they found is those who were carrying a secret around with them, uh, it didn't even have to be a real big secret, but it was just something in their lives that they didn't feel like they could expose, they could talk to people about. Uh, it was reported when they would carry physical objects, they would report the objects to be about five to 10 pounds heavier than the person that wasn't carrying around a secret, wasn't carrying around a burden that their soul was carrying. So the, David is alluding to that reality that, that when we try and pretend that we don't have sin, that when we're sort of deceiving ourselves, making ourselves believe that we're okay. We, no, no, no. Or we're rationalizing. We're justifying. No, I have, no, I wasn't doing that. It was just, you know, this. I wasn't gossiping. I was just sharing prayer requests in a very specific way. You know, whatever it is. The ways that we uh, tend to rationalize away our sin. David says that leads to feeling like uh, the hand of God is heavy upon us. It leads to us feeling weighed down, as that research suggested. And so what is David's... Uh, what does David do then in order to get relief from this heavy burden that he's feeling? Verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. There is something so cleansing about being able to just come clean, to be brutally honest with the reality of our lives. God knows anyway, friends. I mean, he does, and he knows when we're hiding. I mean, it wasn't as if when he walked in the garden after Adam and Eve sinned and he said, where are you, that he was really like, I just don't know. No, he knows, and he knew what they did, and he knows what we've done, and he doesn't come in wrath for us but he comes with forgiveness for us because of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Going back to 1 John's letter, which again, I do believe is pulling from this psalm. What does he say right after he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. He says, verse 9 of his first chapter, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And just in case you might be tempted to go back to thinking that you're okay in and of yourself, what does he say, verse 10? If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Now, John is not advocating for people to sin. He goes on in the second chapter, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Just because you got forgiveness, I'm not saying go ahead, sin, you know, sin like crazy, let grace it, no, 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 that's not it. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Oh, how important it is to remember that that's why we can come clean. We have a defense attorney. We have an advocate standing by our side, interceding for us at all times, holding up his scarred hands 
reminding all the time, and this is, of course, I'm speaking sort of symbolically, but there's never a moment in which the father doesn't see the propitiation, that doesn't see the sacrifice for our sins. In other words, your sins can't be held against you because they were all held against Christ on the cross. And when we confess our sin, when we come clean with our sin, that's when we actually can walk in freedom. So David goes on, Psalm 32, verse 6. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Do you see the contrast and the, the change that's happened after confession? Now David's, you know, like, I find you to be a refuge. You're, you're my preservation. You surround, surround me with shouts of deliverance. Freedom! Freedom! That's where David's gone to because he's come clean. Well, now the psalm switches. Now the psalm becomes, uh, the speaker is God. Verse 8. What is God going to do now in this new sort of forgiven life of ours? I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. How many times... How many times have we talked about those words as we've gathered here on Friday morning? Steadfast love of the Lord, the unmovable or immovable, unshakable, utterly faithful love of God that cannot be changed. So what does he say as a result of us being recipients of this steadfast, immovable love? Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. What a contrast, huh? From the beginning of the psalm, my, your hand was heavy upon me, felt dried up, like as in the heat of summer, I felt like I was going to die. And then I just came out with it. I just got honest, I got real, I got on my face and said, this is who I really am, God. And wow, shouts of deliverance are now accompanying me. And I feel like shouting for joy. That is what we need daily. Daily confession and repentance and rem being reminded of the forgiveness of sins is something the Christian needs to hear, not just on Sunday. We need to hear it daily because we forget. As Luther said, uh, the gospel goes in one ear and out the other, and so we need to constantly be banging it into our heads because it's always escaping us. And, so this is the good news for us today. Blessed are you whose transgressions are forgiven. That is it for this morning. Join us on Sunday morning uh, for our worship service at 10 a.m. God bless you. Have a great weekend.